Hey, what is going on guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here to break down the eight game NBA main set on Monday. Before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, my name's DK. I make daily videos and live stream for NBA and NFL slates on DraftKings. If you are unable to watch these YouTube videos, I also up on an Apple podcast. I have a link in the description below. It's called the DKDFS Show. If you guys are interested in signing up for premium content, I offer it on Patreon.com. offer an eSports package, which includes CSGO and Call of Duty, and an NBA package as well. Also linked down below. And I want to thank Prize Picks for sponsoring the show. If this is your first time watching this video, or maybe you're not familiar with what Prize Picks is, uh, it's a site where you're taking uh, over under on fantasy projections. That's that's the main idea of it. So, um, for example, Gordon Hayward is projected for 38 fantasy points tomorrow against Houston. Do it the under, do it the over. Uh, you can mix and match sports too. They have all sports, you know, college basketball, esports. Uh, tennis have golf when it's up there uh, obviously they had nfl as well so if you guys want to sign up you can use the code dkdfs dkdfs all one word link down below you get a hundred percent match up to a hundred dollars so you put a hundred dollars in you get a free hundred dollars to play with and finally i just want to thank you guys for the continued support it's really really appreciated if you do enjoy this content if you leave a like button on the video subscribe to the channel if you haven't already and hit the notification bell so you don't know to upload videos you know to go live as always i will be doing a youtube live stream before live to go over everything answer all your guys questions and let's aim for 200 likes on this video uh but yeah with that out of the way let's jump into it so before we talk about players and their prices for this eight game slate let's look back my up here from sunday and now it's been three straight slates where i am really uh, upset, really tilted. Um, so let's go over this lineup. Russell Westbrook, Terry Rozier, Kawhi Leonard, P.J. Washington, Alex Len, uh, LaMelo Ball, Marcus Morris, Tristan Thompson. So first, let's start off with Alex Len. And here is where I think I made a mistake because I talked about a lot of the good value centers with Thompson and Tice and Kaminsky and Derek Favors, who was low-owned. Right. Although there's a lot of guys, even Marcus Morris was a good value play. Where, you know, once we got the news that Alex Lund was starting, I was like, oh man, this never works out for us. I even tweeted, I was like, Alex Lenshock, that, that that always works out for us. No, it literally has never worked. I, I feel like whenever Alex Lund is popular, something goes wrong. And the reason I think I made a mistake here is because they have three centers and um they have a short lease, a short leash. So like if he doesn't play well they will yank him quick and what happened he came back in the second quarter played absolutely terribly after like a minute or two they pulled him put in wagner and he didn't play the rest of the game so uh me and about 70 percent of the field uh were really uh got screwed by that one so that one uh, that one i think is on me now what i'm really really upset about is washington charlotte so i have one question for those of you that want underweight on the Washington Wizards and Charlotte Hornets game. I have one question. I'm serious when I say this. Please let me know what the lottery numbers are because you got insanely lucky if you went underweight in this game. This was clearly the game to stack. It was a one-point spread. The Wizards were actually favored. Let's just talk about this. So Russell Westbrook, 42 fancy points, missed out, what, the last 10 minutes. He was on pace for probably close to 60. Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball barely played the fourth quarter, probably missed again a good 10 minutes. They were probably on pace for 50 plus. You had Beal in this game. You had like everyone in this game. Like that was clearly the stack. And I'm just, it's just so frustrating because Russell Westbrook was only 40% owned in this. And in the lower dollar stuff, he was like 20%. 
He was the best play in the slate, and it wasn't even close. And people that faded him got bailed out by this blowout. I am, as you can tell, I'm really, really tilted about this. Um, yeah, Peter Washington, he was actually the last guy into my lineup. I was debating him and Clarkson. I went with him just because I was kind of leaning towards the stack. Uh, he had a floor game. He also got five fouls, which is pretty typical for Peter Washington. Kawhi Leonard, that's just one where kind of an outlier performance. I'll play Kawhi Leonard in that spot at 9.1K against the Kings all day long with no Paul George. So that's just one where floor game for him. Um, again, he was 75% owned in this one. I, I think that was the right play there. Uh, just an outlier performance there. Again, I would play him every single day with no Paul George at that price. And then, yeah, last two pieces, Marcus Morse, 21 fancy points. He was solid. Uh, and Tristan Thompson, their 26, was decent for value as well. Uh, but yeah, that, that Washington-Charlotte game stays close. Probably probably cash in in tournaments. So super frustrating there, not going to lie. It's been three straight days where I've had some really, really bad luck. Again, it was a Friday. Thursday or Friday, I stacked Golden State-Dallas. Uh, was looking to make or was looking was on pace to win some huge money uh, and then that game blew out and then the next night the same game it stays close and let's just ugh, just last few days have been so frustrating guys but that's it for the look back hope you guys had a better night i know some of you guys do like this tilting but yeah i'm actually i am pretty upset uh from that slate today so yeah let's let's go over this one we have three games out right now toronto and memphis it's a 223 and a half over under the raptors are two and a half point favorites warriors and spurs a 233 over under the spurs are one point favorites thunder lakers a 217 and a half over under the lakers are 12 point favorites in this one a little bit of blow rest we'll start off with houston and charlotte so on the houston side victor oladipo john wall at 8-1 and 7-4 respectively i think are both like decent place victor oladipo played 32 minutes in a close game john wall played 32 so it's like not in not amazing minutes i think if i had to pick one i would lean towards john wall um and you know even in close games wall has been hovering around like the 30 minute mark but seeing 32 is is good news like maybe those minutes continue to tick up if he plays closer to like the 35 minute mark then i think he's a lot better play um, so yeah, right now I think both those guards are decent. I would prefer John Wolf had a pick. Now Boogie Cousins at seven one. I think the ownership actually will drop. He had kind of a kind of a floor game to be honest. Thirty five fancy points in thirty minutes. Expected a little bit more there from Boogie. I'm fine going back to the wall here. I think you know the price increase plus the fact that only thirty five fancy points at last game will lower the ownership. But I do believe if if Boogie Cousins is going to play thirty to thirty five minutes, he should be above eight K price definitely. So um, I still like Boogie here, a good amount there at seven point one K. The rest of the plays, when they're fully healthy, are kind of stayaways. I'm not paying 6K for Eric Gordon. Value-wise, no thank you. On the Charlotte side, some pretty big news is Devontae Graham got to monitor this. He did not play on Sunday. If he is out again, then uh, this Charlotte team looks pretty good. Again, LaMelo Ball uh, in 30 minutes had f- almost 40 fancy points. If he gets his 38 to 39 minutes, he, again, probably goes for 50-plus. So if there's no Devontae Graham again, I do like LaMelo Ball. He should play close to 40 minutes. He's a guy that stuffs a stat sheet. It's a good matchup. I do like LaMelo. I would ask some interest from Gordon Hayward too. He had 40 fancy points in three quarters. Again, all these Hornets were on pace for a massive game. That's why I'm so frustrated about that blowout when it was a one-point spread. Just unpredictable stuff like that just really grinds my gears. But... Um, yeah, Gordon Hayward at 7-9, I think, is also a good play. Probably give edge to Lamella, but I do like him. And then Terry Rozier. You know, I played him tonight, or today, I guess, since the early slate. Uh, he had 40 fancy points in three quarters. So uh, if Devonta Graham is out, Terry Rozier will play similar mids to Lamella, similar mids to Gordon Hayward of close to 40. So like all three of the main Hornets guys, really. Cody Zeller at 6-1 was in a little bit of foul trouble. Um, at at six at this price, I think he's a decent tournament play, but I would rather get to those other Hornets. Peter Washington was also in foul trouble, only played 20 minutes, had a terrible game. 
Still fine going back to him. We probably get around 30 minutes from him. The rest of the rest of the guys I'm probably not going to get to. Like Miles Bridges played more because of blowout, plus the fact that foul trouble for both Cody Zeller and P.J. Washington. So that's probably it for me for, for the Hornets. Is the main three guys there with Lamelo, Gordon Hayward, and Ogier. If Devontae Graham is in now, or Devontae Graham is out. Devontae Graham is in. Then it kind of makes everyone a little bit riskier there. So then I have to second, um, you know, reevaluate if he's in. Washington and Chicago. So really, really like this game. Uh, the two early games are, are really appealing, in my opinion. Brad Beal at 9K going up against the Chicago team. We got to monitor the status of Westbrook. Now, normally Westbrook has rested in every back-to-back so far, but Scott Brooks said that Westbrook may be available. And I kind of agree like he should be, right? He only played three quarters. So... Um, I, if Westbrook plays and there's no limitations, I absolutely love him at 8.6 K against Chicago. Uh, would prefer him to be able, but you, you could play, you could just stack this game and go both if you want to for tournaments. Now, if Westbrook's out, then obviously Beal becomes one of the best plays of the site. So we'll just have to keep an eye on that news. Rui Hashimura, secondary play, Ishmith, Neto, nah, the bigs, it just, good luck trying to figure out that headache with Robin Lopez, Mo Wagner, Alex Len. If you feel really good, if you're confident that one of those guys gets the minutes and go for it. Uh, but on this 10-game slate, I just don't even want to mess with it. So that's really it for, for my breakdown of Washington. On the Chicago side, um, we got him on the status of Lord Markkinen. Pretty sure Otto Porter is already out. Yeah, so Lord Markkinen is doubtful. Don't expect him to play, which actually is pretty significant. So Zach Levine at 8-9, eight, eight, I think, is one of the better spot-ups of the slate. Love, love this matchup. because I love targeting players against this Washington Wizards team. They just play no defense. Levine should play 35-plus minutes. No Lord Markkinen, a slight usage boost. So I do really like Levine there at 8-9. That dealing's just all right. Like he's getting the price point now where it's like, I don't love it. I think he's like a fine filler, but I'm not going to prioritize him. Cody, Kobe White at 6'4". The minutes have just been a little bit up and down. I know that last game was a blowout, but like, I think he's just like a filler for me. Now, value-wise, uh, Patrick Williams and Denzel I think are intriguing. Denzel played 37 minutes that last game, and Patrick Williams also got some good minutes, 33. So these two are going to have to do a lot more with no Laurie Markkinen, and, and the minutes should be there. Now, the prices did come up, but I still think of the rival uh, with Patrick Williams at 5-1 and Denzel at 4-8. Garrett Temple, no thank you. Santa Rancy got some decent minutes off the bench, uh, 27. I expect around 20 from him, and you could go there, revenge game narrative if you're into that, but that's probably it for me. All right, moving on to Toronto and Memphis. So the Toronto side, the main three guys, this is just, I am still mad upset about this too. Like I played Fred Van Fleet in this game. The game I the two games I don't, 77 and 53. <sighs> so yeah, Van Fleet's at 8-5, Sackham's at 7-9, Kyle Lowry's at 7-8. All these guys have upside, but they've honestly they've all been up and down. Like last year they were all pretty consistent and normally got like around like 30, 40-ish fancy points. Now all three of these guys are just really fluctuating. So it's hard to get really confident about any one of these guys. Probably one of these guys will have a good game. But like I say, like, good luck trying to figure out which one's going to be. I would say Van Fleet has been the best so far this year. Uh, he's also the priciest. So I don't have a super strong take here. I don't think I'm going to really prioritize any of these guys because I don't really want me cashing on the slate coming down to a guessing game on one of these Raptors. That's just, again, I make one lineup. So if you make multiple lineups, sure, you can get a little bit of exposure to all these guys. But for my one lineup, I don't think it makes sense for me to risk it there. Now, the guy that I do think... Uh, you could risk it for for tournaments. It's Chris Boucher. Again, I was kicking myself for not going there that last slate because he was at 4-4. That was the time to buy in. Now he's going to be more popular, even at 5.4K, 27 and 33 minutes. Now, these minutes are still not guaranteed. Uh, I just want to throw that out there. Like, I would not be surprised 
if Chris Boucher plays 15 minutes tomorrow. So like that is a realistic possibility, uh, but it's good news that he has played more minutes recently. This is a bigger Memphis team. I think he could have a really nice game here at 5-4. So I'm willing to take the risk in Boucher and just hope the minutes are there. Uh, if they get cut short, then I will be tilted. But yeah, I think he's a good tournament play because if the minutes are there, he will most likely produce for you. Moving on to, to Memphis. Memphis right now is just kind of a state. Like, there's just too many guys and no one's playing huge minutes. Uh, John Rance at 7-5. He did finally play over 30 minutes, but like only 31 uh, Jonas Valanciunas off the bench played 24 minutes. There's just, everyone's playing like 20-ish minutes. So like, I'm just going to completely stay away from this team. There's too many guys playing again. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I get to anyone like Desmond Baines at 3.8 K what he played 20 minutes at last game. Grayson Allen, I think got in the rotation. Um, he played 22 minutes. If you want to take a shot at one of those value guards, sure. Again, there's no Danthony Melton, but yeah, there's really not a like not a lot to like there in Memphis. Moving on to Minnesota and Dallas. So Carl Anthony Towns, I believe, is doubtful, and D'Angelo Russell is questionable. We'll have to keep an eye on that. If D'Lo is in, I think he's a fine tournament play as always. If D'Lo is out, then there's a couple guys to mention here. Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards at the top. I probably would prefer Malik Beasley. He's been more consistent this year. But Anthony Edwards is starting to come on. The minutes are, are more secure for him. He's played over 30 minutes the last four games. He's actually done a better job, you know, filling up a statue, which is good to see. Like, earlier when he come off the bench, he was super, super reliant on the scoring. Now he's doing a little bit more. Now he's getting some rebounds, some assists. Now, 6-1 is not a great price, but I think if D'Lo is out, you could look to both those guys in tournaments. Same with Nas Reed at 6K. Uh, he has, does have some foul trouble issues, but if he does stay out of foul trouble, we probably get close to 30 minutes. Again, he's a good point for a guy. So all three of like, the main Minnesota guys there, if D'Lo is out, Beasley, Edwards, and Nas Reed, I think are firmly in play. Rubio, even with D'Lo out, he's just not getting the minutes. The guy that does intrigue me is Jordan McLaughlin at 3-6. Um, he should play the backup point guard role if D'Angelo Russell's out. He played 24 minutes the last game. So if D'Lo is out, I think we could definitely look to McLaughlin there for value. Moving on to Dallas. So Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis in a really good matchup. Like them both, you know, if you can get to Luka, he's got more upside. He's been more consistent. He just won for 70 that last game. So yeah, if you, again, if you're comfortable with enough of the value, really do like Luka. I do have interest in Porzingis too. He was on pace for a massive game. That's the first game against Golden State and then foul trouble plus blowout. That second game, he was a little bit of a letdown, but um, you guys know I do like targeting players against the Minnesota team. So the top two guys there for Dallas look pretty decent. Uh, Hardaway Jr., a little bit too reliant in the scoring. I think I'd rather take the shot on Josh Richardson, but now he's at 5K. That seems priced about right. Kleba, the minutes have been a little up and down. He's also been in some foul trouble. He's played 32 minutes in two last three games. That, that game in between, he was in some foul trouble. So if the plan is to play him over 30 minutes, I think he's like a fine play, fine value. Dorian Finney-Smith, as well as low usage, the minutes have been a little bit you know, inconsistent with him as well. But if we get over 30 minutes, again, a viable value play. But no one I really like really stands out for value. But I think like DFS, Kleba, maybe even Josh Richardson, I guess, are playable. Golden State and San Antonio. So Steph Curry at 10-3, he just always goes off when no one expects him. Like, <laughs> no one played him here against Boston. He went for 73. Very few people played him. I played him here when he was on pace for a big game, and then it blew out in the same matchup. Two nights later, goes for 75. Uh, he is always in play for tournaments. The matchup is solid here against the Spurs. So yeah, Steph is always a good tournament play. Now, the news we have to monitor here is Eric Pascal. If Eric Pascal is out, then they are once again going to be really thin in the front court. No Looney, no Wiseman. So it'd be Draymond Green. It would be Juan Toscano Anderson. I know the price went up for Draymond. I know he had four blocks and six steals. He is not going to do that again. 
But you know, what is good to see is almost 40 minutes. And I do like the matchup. So even with the price increase, I still think Draymond is viable if Eric Pascal is out because we should get close to the 40 minute mark from him. So yeah, would still have interest there. Wiggins, Ubre, you guys know my feelings on them by now. Not really interested. Now, Juan Toscano Anderson, again, depended on Eric Pascal. He's played 40 and 34 minutes the last couple games. If Pascal is out, he should play similar minutes. I would say mid-30s minutes is a fair guess for him. Um, and at 4 or 5, there's, there's really not a ton of great value at the moment. So if Pascal is out, I think Toscano Anderson would actually be a pretty solid value play. And then you have the fringe guys off the bench who actually played a little bit more that last game. Kent Bazemore is a good point from a guy. He played 23 minutes. Uh, Damian Lee... Uh, play 21. If I was going to take a shot on one of those guys, I think it would be Bazemore and just hope the minutes are there. Again, it just seems like Kerr just doesn't want to give him minutes for some reason, but he's like, when he is out there, he's actually been pretty good. So you can take a shot in Bazemore for sure if there's no Pascal, just because they're going to be really, really thin. I'm right, moving on to the San Antonio Spurs. So DeMar DeRozan's a guy I've been really high on, it seems like the, the, this last week. Um, last two games, 48 and 50 fancy points. It's a good matchup here against his Golden State team. So I do like DeMar once again. Even at this price, I think he's still a good play. DeJounte Murray at 6'8", still have interest in him. Not as great of a play at this price. I probably would prefer DeMar DeRozan. But he, the good thing is, again, 30 and 33 minutes. So the minutes are still there for him. He's a guy that can stuff the statue. He kind of, has, kind of had a floor game. Again, only three rebounds, three assists. I think that's more of an outlier for him. So I still have some interest in DeJounte Murray. Jakob Pertola, 5'9". My one concern here is Golden State is a little bit of a smaller team at the moment. So do the Spurs match that? If they do, again, I'm just a little bit worried about his minutes. Like, he might only play 20-ish minutes. If I knew he was going to play over 30 minutes, I actually would like Jakob Pertl a good amount. But I'm a little bit concerned that they match him with a small ball. Kaladin, again, GVP only play. He's been very, very up and down. We've seen some big games from him, but he's been too inconsistent for me to trust that in cash games. Derek White actually started with no Lonnie Walker. He played 29 minutes. I think he's a fair play. Like, probably starts again and probably plays close to 30 minutes. Uh, so, yeah, fine at that price. Uh, Rudy Gay is an intriguing player at 4.4K because Rudy Gay is another a good point per minute guy. If the Spurs go small, I could see them going small with maybe Rudy Gay at the five. So, yeah, this is just one where it depends on if the minutes are there. Like, if he plays mid-20s minutes, most of the time, he will get there. So, yeah, there's there's been some games, 17, 16, 19 minutes where the minutes haven't really been there. If they are there, you know, he played 25 last game, one for 25 fancy points. So, I am a little bit intrigued by Rudy Gay here for value. Uh, just a matter of, will we get the minutes? You got to hope if you play him that you don't get popped. And that's probably it for San Antonio. Moving on to Kleenex, uh, Cleveland and Phoenix. Uh, Andre Drummond at 8-2, I think is actually one of the better plays of the slate. like him a lot for tournaments. Now, he played 30 minutes in a blowout there against Milwaukee. So he was on pace for probably mid-30s minutes, which is really, really good to see. Um, I'm not afraid of DeAndre Ayton defensively. So as long as there's no foul trouble and as long as this game stays competitive, we should see over 30 minutes, I think. At 8.2K, I actually do have a good amount of interest in Drummond for tournaments. Sexton, Garland, secondary plays to me. Jared Allen, I only get to him if Drummond is out. Uh, as far as like Osmond, Prince, mm, I mean, I guess Torian Prince is okay. The minutes went way down for him, though. He only played 19 that last game, even with... Uh, Larry Nance out, but I think you could still go there if you want to. Again, I don't play Isaac Okoro. Um, I don't care how cheap he is. He literally does nothing on the court. So that's it for me for Cleveland. Let's move on to Phoenix. On the Phoenix side, honestly, they're still kind of all secondary plays. Like Chris Paul, Booker, Ayton, 
all fine options. I think if I had to pick one, I would take the shot in DeAndre Ayton, who played 39 minutes the last game. Again, he's got some upside. You know, Drummond is a good offensive player, not really the best defender. So, like, you could realistically use both centers in this game if you want to uh, for a little like, stack. I think Ayton's fine. Bridges, Cam Johnson, eh. Jay Crowder is, uh, we got to keep an eye on that. If, if him and Sarge are out, we could look to Kaminsky for value, who started, but only played 19 minutes. So, I expect if both those guys are out, we probably get around the 20-minute mark. Now, Frank Kaminsky is a good point from a guy, but I don't expect a ton uh, or, or a lot more minutes than uh, 20-ish. All right, finishing up, two games to go. Milwaukee-Denver. This one should be really fun to watch. I'm excited to try to watch this Bucks-Denver game. Uh, Giannis had to come at 10.9K, and if you can get to him, I like him. It's a good matchup here against his Denver Nuggets team. So, yeah. Luka, Giannis, again, you guys know, Jokic, we'll talk about, like, if you guys can get to those guys. The issue I have is there's really not a ton of standout value. Now, I'm sure things will open up throughout the day, but at the moment, there's not, like, a lot of really good value plays, which might make it tricky to get to these stars. Drew and Middleton, I think, are both decent plays. Now, if there's not a ton of value that opens up, then maybe you can look to these guys. Maybe you go more of the balance build and you want exposure to this game, you can get to Drew or Middleton. As far as the bigs, Brolo's at 4-8, Bobby Portis at 5-4, both decent options. Like Bobby Portis is a good point for a guy. He's played 24, 24, and 20 minutes the last three games. But it's like 5-2. I have a hard time getting really excited about that price. So there's not a ton else I like on the Milwaukee side. On the Denver side, Nikola Jokic at 11-1. Again, if you can get to him, obviously like his upside. Uh, he just went for 88 fancy points at last game, 50 real-life points. I'm not afraid of Brooke Lopez or... Um, Bobby Portis defensively. So Jokic should be able to have his way. It's just a matter of are you are you able to afford him? Now, the big news we have here is Jamal Murray. He is currently questionable. If he is out, that's a pretty big boost to the rest of these guys. So MPJ, Will Barton, Monte Morris. All these guys played big minutes the last game when Jamal Murray is out. MPJ, 34 minutes. Um, Will Barton played 37 minutes. Monte Morris played 35. So all those guys would definitely be viable. Um, the issue is like Jokic is demanding so much usage in this offense, kind of hurting everyone else. But like the minutes would probably be over 30 for all those guys. So all those guys would be decent plays in the mid-range. Jermichael Green and Paul Millsap, they split kind of the four. They're both okay options. Like neither are priorities. You, you kind of know what you're getting out of these guys. Somewhere around the mid-20s minutes, mid to low-20s minutes for, for Millsap and Jermichael Green. Again, neither really stands out. RJ Hampton actually was in the rotation that last game. He played 27 minutes. If there's no Jamal Murray again, I think you could give a look to him for value. It's, you know, obviously risky. There's still no Gary Harris, still no Dozier. Composo is questionable. So I think the only way I would take a shot on RJ Hampton is if Jamal Murray's out and Composo are out again. Because then they're just going to be really thin. Uh, and again, he played 27 minutes at last game. So you could realistically take a shot on him if both those guards are out. Last game, OKC and the Lakers. So this one has some blowout rest for sure. SGA at 8K, I think, is a good contrarian play. You know, he is the guy that uh, demands all the usage in this offense. He just went for 54 fancy points in 34 minutes. Now, again, that was a lot better matchup. This is a tougher matchup, so not a priority for me, but still in play for tournaments. Al Horford, kind of the same thing. Don't love the spot here for him, but he's been super productive. Um, you know, should play about 30 minutes. They're both good tournament plays. The rest of the Thunder... With Horford back, like, I don't know if one guy really stands out. You have Diallo Baisley kind of priced up when some guys are out. Same thing with Maladon and Dort. I don't know if I get to anyone. Muscala's out, but, like, doesn't change a lot for me. I guess I'm curious, like, who would run the backup center um, with 
with no Roby and Muscala. But yeah, there's just honestly not a lot I really like on the OKC side. I think SGA and Horford are decent tournament plays. On the Lakers side, we have LeBron James at 10-5, Anthony Davis at 9-6. I think they're both viable if you think the Thunder can keep it close. Neither are priorities for me. Again, LeBron, both of them played a lot more because of the double overtime the last game. So in a close game, we'd probably get mid-30s minutes for both of them. On this slate, though, again, there's just not a lot of standout value. So it's like, I don't know if I'm going to really prioritize either of these Lakers guys. The mid-range guys, nothing really stands out unless like one of those main guys are out. So if like, AD is out, we can look to Schroeder, Harold Kuzma. But they're both in. They're all just like probably not going to get to them. The one play we'll mention because there's not a lot of value is THT. He has played about 20 minutes uh, the last four games. I think he's someone you can take a shot on. If the game blows out, he probably plays a little bit more. KCP actually played, what, 42 minutes and at 18 fancy points. I mean, that's the realistic possibility of KCP is uh, if he's not hitting his shots, he has a low floor. Alex Cruz is at 3-4, did play 26 minutes. I expect around 20, but it just have a hard time, you know, prioritizing him either. So really, um, that's that's probably it for me. There's not a lot I really like in this game. I think that's going to do it for the video as well. So uh, as you guys can tell, there's really not a lot of standout value at the moment. Things can change, uh, but it's going to be a little bit tricky to get to those stars if, if not a lot of value opens up tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it, guys. If you have been enjoying the con- if you have been enjoying this content so far, I would really appreciate it if you leave a like button on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell so you don't want to upload videos you don't want to go live. As always, again, I will be live streaming tomorrow, guys, so make sure to check it out. Uh, have a good night, and I'll see you guys all tomorrow in the live stream.